Welcome to the Gutch Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word from my dad, Pastor Bill Shear. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutschurch.com. More than enough. I remember when the first probably year and a half of the church, I, I remember one time in particular, I was driving down Memorial from the old church building, driving home. It had to be 1993 or something. And I was, it, it, I just thought, God, the weight of this is so crazy. Does everything cost $100? I did. I thought that. I'm like, oh my gosh, everything's 100 bucks. And now I'm realizing that in the next week or 10 days, we're finishing a million-dollar build-out for our preschool kids and our, our nursery, our babies. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, everything's not $100 anymore. But let me, let me just tell you, the, the capacity has to change in your life. I mean, it really does. How much of God's promise do you want? How, mu- how much of God's provision is yours? Do you, do you understand the, I, I believe that the, that God preordained before anything started in our life for us to overcome and have more than enough. I believe that when God, before Adam came on, on the earth, God set your resources in motion of more than enough. And the enemy wants to dilute your idea of God's promise and to doubt the majesty that's been seeded into your life and into your future. Do you understand, when you look at your destiny, do you understand there's, there's majesty, there's, there's a reign of power in your destiny, what God has for you. And it's so hard because it sounds like church speak. And it's probably why preachers cuss to try to try to make the point and 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 it not sound churchy. But there's a majesty on your destiny that isn't isn't earth like, and we have to understand that. And Isaiah fifty five, and I'm I'm going to start the message with Isaiah fifty five, and I'm going to end the message with Isaiah fifty five. For my thoughts aren't your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than yours. See, think about the, par- think about the analogy that, that God makes here. God meets us where we are, and we're all good with that. So you might be here, and you might be a crackhead, or you might be a a parolee, or you might be a banker, or you might be a plumber, or you might be a builder, or you might be a mother, or whatever. God meets you right where you are. But listen, any contact you have with God is going to elevate you. Any contact, any time you spend with God is going to be elevating. See, because that's what God does. See, God meets us where we are, but never lowers his mark for our limits. What's interesting is Paul said, you're not limited by us. So you might think, well, I'm limited because, you know, I, I, I've given my life to God. I'm committed to the church, so I'm limited. My time's limited because I spent so much time at church or whatever you might 
how the devil tries to rip you off. See, understand this, that any contact you have with God, the reason you're here today is that God's will for you today is for your life to be elevated, for your life to be lifted. See, this blessed life that God's promised us, blessing is just an elevation. It just lifts us. A curse is a suppression. So if you're living under a curse, your life is suppressed. You can't break through. You can't overcome. You can't, you, you can't get ahead, whatever it might be. In Philippians 3, verse 12, Paul writes, says, not that I've already attained, I've already perfected, but I press on. Underline that, highlight that, write that in your notes. You press on. We're going to press on. See, what press, press on is, I'm, go, I'm taking the offense in my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live like I have, like I, I possess the ball. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start calling the plays to score in my life. I press on that it may lay hold of that which is, it, it, for, for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. See, you, you feel like you picked Jesus. I feel like I picked Jesus. I feel like I made him Lord of my life. And it was my choice. No. He picked me. I made, a, I made a decision in my life to submit to his choice of me as a son. Jesus said, you didn't pick me. I picked you and I appointed you. See, so now, not only are you sitting in church as a Christian, not only are you going to heaven and you're never going to smell the scent of hell, not only is, is, is your life held captive by God now, but God's appointed you. So there's an appointment about your life. Well, should I have a Bible study or should I, should I greet at the church or should I? Yes, something. I, the way I communicate this, and it oversimplifies things, hopefully, you'll say, man, how do I get involved here? Has anybody ever thought that? How do I get involved here? Just come 15 minutes early and stay 15 minutes late. I think you're smart enough to figure it out. How many of you guys, by a show of hands, are reasonably intelligent? Can I see your hands? Okay. Just come 15 minutes early and stay 15 minutes late. And, and really, honestly, I believe it'll find you. I believe that appointment will, will become obvious to you. You know, I made a statement, I guess, Wednesday night, that if you spend 15 minutes in the Word, you're going to find God's promise for an issue you have in your life right now. That's how alive God's Word is. And I think I even bet like a week's salary or something on it. But, but understand. And if somebody was confused of what the bet was, that's not my fault. Which is why someone's giggling on the front row here. Okay. Philippians 3.13, let's get back in the Word. Write this down in your notes. Get back in the Word. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it's, get back in the Word. That's, that's got to be our go-to. If all hell's breaking loose or if the sun's shining and the birds are singing and the wind's at your back, get back in the Word. Okay? Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Okay, you've got one job. One thing. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I, I tell you, God, if you're past... If you're still dealing with your past, you're not in right relationship with God. Well, that's, 
a, a bit accusatory. No, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if you're still dealing with something that happened in your past that you were, that you were con- guilty and convicted of, it's never God. God is never going to bring your past into play. I, but, so here's what Paul said. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What direction is the call of God on your life? What direction is it? Read the verse and tell me. Upward. Okay? It's elevating. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward, the mark of the upward call of God. My, my target is the upward call of God in my life. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, in the margin of your Bible or in your notes, write down, take responsibility. Take, take responsibility. Take the lead in your life. Take responsibility for your life. See, it's a big problem. It's a, it's, man, the, the world is, is, is trying to get everybody off the hook for taking responsibility in their life. Why? Because it, that's going to enslave everybody. If you don't want to take responsibility for your life, you're going to become a slave to whatever the world's throwing at you. So you take responsibility for your life. I don't need a government handout. I don't need anything free from anybody. No, that, that's the attitude we have to take. I'll pay my own way. See, understand this, that the idea of me taking responsibility for my life is me being mature. Man, you think about raising your kids. Your kids aren't going to grow beyond where you demand them to take responsibility. But see, now a kid gets in trouble at school. He better, oh, the principal corrected him? Oh, the teacher? Oh, it's those oh, How about this? The good one is, well, it's not my, my son. It's those kids he hangs out with. When does he become one of those kids that he hangs out with? See, we've got to take responsibility. It's interesting because... I've heard parents for decades, they'll say, well, it's hard. My kid's a teenager. I can't tell him who to hang out with. I'm like, you're not an idiot. Someone is going to tell him who to hang out with. You better be that person. (laughs) We're smarter than this. One thing, I forget which is behind, I press, I reach toward the call of God on my life. Therefore, let as many as are mature take res- who take responsibility have this mindset. And if, any, if they think anything otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the g- degree that we've already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind or mindset. See, so what, it, what is it? it, it the, I press toward the goal of the upward call of God in my life. The upward call of God, his plan is always going to be elevating. His plan, if, you, if you're sitting in church, you got to be thinking, there's a demand in my life to be better. God's plan always lifts our lives. Always. So it's going to be uncomfortable you're going to, you're going to, there's going to be a strain on you. There's going to be, there's going to be atmospheric pressure. There's going to be, the oxygen's going to be different. 
Man, as we elevate our lives, due to the fall of man, nothing worldly works with the kingdom. So everything that's in the world is counterintuitive to God's plan for my life. Everything. The world needs us to be led by our natural senses. That's why the Bible says don't trust what you see. Don't trust how you feel. Trust every word that comes out of the mouth of God. The natural elements of the world, which let's just say gravity, use that as an example. The natural elements of the world work against us elevating. Man, you've got friends and family and acquaintances and coworkers that don't want you elevating. I remember we moved from 41st Memorial to our present location, and we went from being the church you could send. If you were a deacon at a Baptist church and you, caught, you found a dime bag of pot in your son's sock drawer, you brought him to guts. We were like heroes for those guys. And the move that we made that was probably three-quarters of a mile, you didn't even have to make a turn. Just straight down 41st and just, just kind of lean over to the, to, to the service road and you're here. We went from being the church that, like that that everybody sells to, oh, you're the big church on the expressway now. See, people don't like, the world doesn't like, religion doesn't like us elevating. And see, we've got to understand that. The world is against your advancement. The world is against your elevation. The world's against your success. They want to have control. They want to have a say in that success. Well, you know what? I say you don't let anybody have a say in your success. I believe we rely on God's word. God's requiring us, and, and this is a big deal, because we, I, I, I've probably been remiss not teaching sacrifice enough, the sacrifice of this life. So let me give you my synopsis, my capsule of the sacrifice that we have to make in our lives to honor God. God requires us to sacrifice anything that limits us. So if there are limiting elements in your life, sacrifice them. And you know what? It's probably not a laundry list of things. It's probably three or four or five things. But anything in your life that creates a lid, anything in your life that limits you, sacrifice it. Anything that keeps us from our contact with heaven. Because that's really where the limit is. The central theme of our lives in God's kingdom is, is simply this, on earth as it is in heaven. And you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna sacrifice everything that, does, that doesn't add up to that, that doesn't equate to that. See, John 16, Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you that in me you have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I mean, I'm, I'm loving his attitude here. In the Amplified, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you'll have perfect peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous. Be confident. Be undaunted. Be filled with joy. I've overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. That's, 
That's who we partnered with. Confident, undaunting, filled with joy. See, that's got to be the profession of our faith every single day. Man, how's it going? I'm confident. I'm undaunted. I'm filled with joy. But how do you really feel? I don't live by how I feel. I live by John 16, So what are you then? I'm confident. I'm undaunted. I'm filled with joy. Yeah, but you've, you've got an enemy. You've got all this stuff that's, that's around your life. Let me help you. I'll walk through the water and not submerged. I'll walk through the fire and not even be singed. A thousand may fall at my left hand and 10,000 at my right, but let me help you. At the end of this battle, I am walking out in victory. That's got to be the attitude of our heart. No weapon formed against us can take control, can prosper. Only what I put my hand to can. Isaiah 55, 11, going back to Isaiah 55. God says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. Man, you, th- you think about going Isaiah 55, 8 through 11. My ways, his, his thoughts, his ways, my thoughts, my ways. See, what God wants to do, the, the problem with church is every service, everything we do, whether it's music, whether it's offering, whether it's an announcement, whether it's a call to service, whether it's outreach, whether it's a message, whether it's a, a call for prayer, everything has to cause you to, to think, I've got to elevate. I can't stay at the level I'm at. Because I I, I, let me tell you again, there's, there's three planes that we have the ability to live by. The, the, the first plane is the middle plane. It's an earthly plane. It's the one we're born into. It's the one that carries a, a flu season and, and maybe even a virus pandemic and, 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 and even, even so a little bit of climate change and, and all those things. Those are in the middle plane. And that's everybody has to deal with it. Well, then there's two forces one is a negative force that's the devil that's, that, that is trying to pull you from that earthly plane to a demonic plane. And that's where it's like there's no way out. I'm imprisoned. I'm enslaved. I, I can't help it. There's, there's uh, uh, some, if, if any little wind. It's like two steps forward and three steps back, and I, can, I can't get ahead. See, the devil's trying to pull you down to that demonic place. And that demonic place is depression and oppression. And hopefully in his part, possession. But you know what? God's got a higher plane for us. And that's a plane that, that, that we can only reach by trusting his word, by trusting God's promise, that we're seated in heavenly places in Christ. Paul said, no longer, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer I who speak, but Christ who speaks in me. Man, you think about that heavenly plane that you live there. The Bible says this, sin can't even travel on its highway. The Bible says that, that, in, that in that higher plane, that God will widen the path beneath our feet so they don't slip. 
Man, it's that enduring place. It's that place where symptoms don't even stick to you. That, that listen, the negative aspect of the devil, any kind of offense, any kind of unforgiveness, any kind of depression, any kind of anxiety, any kind of fear, you don't give any of it a second thought. I mean, I mean I, I've got people say, man, what do you do when you're depressed? I'm like, what are you talking about? No, what do, you, what do you do when you're depressed? It's like, I'm not party to depression. Well, are you saying nothing happens in your life? It's like, no, I pretty much stand on the rail of getting my butt kicked every day. It's real. Yeah, but what about anxiety? It's like, yeah, I don't give it any party. I'm not giving any second thought to depression or anxiety or fear. Because that requires me to trust in something other than God and other than God's promise. And let me tell you, I get it, I'm a dinosaur. I've done this way too long to backpedal now. Not gonna. I want, I want, I want to look up where my help, my help comes from. See, so, so my problem is on this plane, and I elevate my gaze to this plane. I don't see my problem anymore. I only see my help. My help comes from above. I, I, I'm just telling you, this can work in your life if you just become a student of God's Word. And then everything, everything comes together in his word, his promises, where it's like no evil shall befall me, nor any plague come near where I live. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. I'm created in Christ Jesus for great works. And you know what? I could live, I could live my life as a mere man and be dealing with the impending anxiety and fear and depression and negative. It's, it's around every corner. It's in, it's, in, it's in the trappings of every step of life. Or I can look up with my help. Or I can, I can press on and reach for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, it's all about your attitude. It's all about everything in this life is about you making a decision to take control of your life. I'm taking control of my elevation. I'm taking control of my finances. I'm taking control of my health. Well, you can't. Au contraire. That's French for you're full of bull. No, for real. What does the word say? The word says this. You eat good the fruit that comes out of your mouth. So you know what? I want God's fruit to come out of my mouth. That's what I want to eat. The Bible said when it says you eat, you eat good, the fruit, it means you overeat. I'm gorging on God's promise. What, what, what happens? Man, the, what is it? Arrows by day and, and terrors by night? doesn't matter. My son's going to come up. There's joy in the morning. Oh, how am I going to make it through? I'm just, I'm telling you. 
I'm, I'm on a march to joy. Why? Because it's my strength. But see, it's all where your help comes from. It's all deciding. It, it, it's simply choosing the words that come out of your mouth. Words of health. You get a symptom? <laughs> God, I thank you. I'm full of joy because you're my healer. God, I thank you for the word that's operative in my life. And I'm not, listen, I'm not even recognizing a symptom. And let me help you. I'm treating a symptom like a death sentence. Because let me help you. That's what the devil wants to make that symptom. No, it's, it's how the devil works. The whole abortion issue in America is demonic. I'll just, I'll just, it's not political. It's spiritual. And what happened? It started off where unwanted, a very few amount of unwanted pregnancies, drug addicts, teenagers, rape, and incense. And what has happened over 30 years? Now it's post-birth abortion. The next thing they're going to say, they're going to say, well, you know, the kid's 10 years old, he's making bad decisions, and he's a big issue, let's just abort him. And you'll think, no, it can never go there. No, understand this, the devil doesn't want the inch that we're giving him. He wants your whole life. Listen, a leopard doesn't change its spots. He got kicked out of heaven, not because he wanted to be like God, or he wanted to be as God. He didn't want a, a part of what God had. He wanted to be God. That's who he wants to be in your life. And you've made Jesus Lord of your life, so now he's going to be kicking and screaming and trying to lie to you and deceive you and accuse you of being the champion. That you, Oh, you think you're a champion? What, what about that impure thought? Yeah, that imp impure thought was a temptation that I didn't fall prey to. And the devil's going to try to try to make that temptation be a sin in your life, and it's not. Jesus was tempted in like manner as us, yet knew no sin. See, understand how the devil deceives people and tries to contort things. I'm mad about it. I'm mad that there's so many poor people filling churches in America. I'm mad that there's so many depressed people, people needing therapy. Let me help you. You need the Holy Spirit is what you need. He's your guide. He's your counselor. He's your therapist. And God put him on the inside of you. And I don't know where that came. I'm, I'm sorry that came off so harshly. But I'm just telling you, man, we're God's children. He takes care of his own. He's a good dad. God's a really good dad. Man, you're not going to ask him for something and him give you a rock or a serpent? No, you know what? You have not because you ask not. You have not because you don't treat it like your family. Do you know what's already been promised to you? Most of what we ask of God has already been promised us. And we're still thinking it's up for grabs. We're still thinking the Lord's prayer or requests. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom's come. God, I need your will. God, I need your provision. No, you give me, my, you give me this day my daily bread. That's what's been promised me. Well, but I'm not sure what's going to happen tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. God will supply tomorrow. Just take care of today. It's sufficient for you. Your plate's full with today. I don't know which of you triggered this in me today. 
but I'll take responsibility. Man, I'm telling you, God just wants, God, you know what God showed me? And I was thinking about this because my little brother's going to Vegas. He goes, I know, I, I know how to work it because you can't beat the house. And I'm thinking, huh, that's an interesting com- concept. Because in the world, you can't beat the house. In the kingdom, we're the house. <laughs> we're the house. And it's not the odds are with us. The victory's with us. And the devil, and the devil still thinks he's rolling dice. Seven, you still lose. Because still greater is in me than anything you present to the world, devil. You guys feeling me? Which of you guys are guilty of triggering this in me today? I want to know who needed this. But you're, listen, get over yourself. You're a dead gum winner. Is Jesus Lord of your life? No. He, he turns to Peter. They're looking, they're going, dear God, it's a ghost. He's like, it's me. Okay, okay, Jesus. And, and he probably spoke without thinking. He said, if it's really you out there walking in that water, beckon me to come. She said, well, come on. He steps out of the boat, takes a step on the water. On the water. That's where you are right now. You've stepped out of the boat. You're on the water. Don't look at the wind and don't look at the waves. Don't look at your situation. Keep your eyes on him. That's who we are now. We don't take our eyes off him. We become like him. You keep your eyes on the world, you'll become like the world. I will. I love all the political stuff. I love the fight of it. So I'll, I'll, I'll hear it, I'll be like, oh, oh, oh yeah, well, you're an idiot. How about that? How about that one, huh? Because we're right. And then, and then I'm like, you know what? I, I'm ready to go win every argument. And God's like, what are you doing? I did not call you to argue with the world. I called you to take over. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You know, it's interesting. I was talking about temptation and I was a brand new Christian. I was going to Bible school and there was a temptation. And I don't know if it's the first one. I've been a Christian like six weeks or maybe a month. I don't know if it's the first temptation I really had. It dawned on me. It's like, oh my gosh. But it felt like sin to me. And I'm like, and I'm, and I'm doing the math. I'm thinking, well, I didn't act upon it. God, and, and it just dawned on me. I thought, you know what? I'm going to blame the devil for that temptation. And, and I didn't act upon it, but I'm going to become aggressive and go on the offense and, and take authority in my own life. So I walked by my apartment. It's like 11 o'clock at night. And I walked across Mingo to a 7-Eleven. That's how long it's been. It was a 7-Eleven here. And the 7-Eleven was there. And as I walked, and I didn't know what I was going to do. 
I didn't have a plan. I just walked over to that 7-Eleven, and as I was walking in, there was a service van, like a plumber or a welder or somebody in a service van that pulled up to get gas, and he got out to get gas, and I walked over, and I grabbed the, the, the gas pump, and I said, how much are you getting? He said, why? I said, I'll pump the gas. You just go pay for it. I'm kind of making it up as I go along, kind of what I do leading now. But I, I grabbed it, and I'm, the, the pump, and I said, how much are you going to get? He goes, I'm going to get 10 bucks. So I put 10 bucks in it, and he came out. He said, what are you, what are you doing here? Why are you doing that? I'm like, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I just want to pray for you. And I said, God, I thank you for your blessing to come upon this guy. God, bless him, God. Forgive him. God, whatever he needs, God, supply it. And I'm kind of running out of what I knew. I'm praying what I knew, and I'm running out of what I knew. I'd been a Christian a month. And, 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 I, and I just stopped. I said, just pray with me. So I'm going to do the same thing with you guys that I did with him. And then I did it all night. And, and I, I guess it's what I do at the end of these services. I'm just, you're pulling up to the gas pump, and I'm saying, you go pay, and I'll, I'll pump it. And you come out, you, 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 you owe me now, so you got to pray with me. So, God, I ask you to bless these guys. God, I thank your hands upon their lives. God, whatever they need, God, you've amply supplied it to them and bless them with it. God, heal them, save them, deliver them, set them free. Matter of fact, I need you to pray with me. Father God, I give you my life. I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life and whom I trust. I turn my back on Satan. I turn my back on the world on sin, and I walk with Jesus now. God, my steps are ordered of you because Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I'm trusting you, God. I'm going to heaven. I'll never smell the scent of hell, and my life will never be the same because you're in it, and I'm in you. God, I thank you for this opportunity to pray today and square everything up. God, you're elevating me right now. I'm reaching deep for your ways and your thoughts for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutchurch.com.